What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. Happy Monday. I hope everyone had a great weekend. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the NFL's future expansion into Europe, and specifically London. Now, it's no secret that since Roger Goodell was named NFL commissioner in 2006, the league has placed a premium on international expansion. The NFL has played more and more games overseas as each year has gone on, and there is no doubt that American football has become more global over the past decade. But now Roger Goodell and the NFL are floating around the idea of permanent franchises placed in London. So today I'm going to examine what this would look like. I'll go through the pros and cons of a few different scenarios. and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So let's get right into it. Okay, so to kick things off, the NFL just wrapped up its third straight game in London this past weekend with the Ravens taking on the Titans. And the league's eventual expansion into the UK has become an extremely hot topic in the media, but certainly amongst the fans, too. For example, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell has long spoken about the league's desire to place a team in London full time. And now Roger Goodell is even saying that the NFL and its owners have talked about potentially hosting a Super Bowl in the British capital. He said at a fan forum last week in London, it is not impossible and it is something that has been discussed before. So today, I want to look at a couple different options of how these owners in the NFL could make this a possibility, not only the Super Bowl, but having teams in London full time. I'll talk through the financials behind the decision, the pros and cons of the logistics, and I'll even give you a decision on what I think is going to happen in the future. But let's start with the obvious. The NFL is the world's most profitable sports league. Anyone that has listened to me or this podcast for long enough knows that I talk about this stuff all the time. The NFL makes more money, more money in a single year, annual revenue-wise, than the Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga, and League One combined. Literally the five largest soccer leagues in the world. These are global leagues that we're talking about. The NFL makes more money in annual revenue than all five of those leagues combined in a single year. Not to mention that if you just want to talk about domestically, the NFL is ridiculously more valuable than all the other leagues. They're going to bring in about $20 billion in annual revenue this year. And they average, like a Sunday night football game or a Monday night football game, averages two to three times more viewers than the NBA Finals. Literally than the NBA Finals. Same with the World Series, obviously with the Stanley Cup as well. The NFL is by far and away king in the United States when it comes to sports. You guys know about the broadcast viewership stats, how 88 out of the top 100 are live sports. Virtually all of the top 10 are NFL games. The Super Bowl is obviously the biggest, but wild card games, divisional games, playoff matchups, all that stuff. Those games are averaging 25 to 50 million viewers, depending on how big the game is and when it takes place during the season. By far and away, the NFL is the biggest. No argument there from me or any of you, I would assume. But the craziest part about that is that the NFL is really just an American sports league. All the other leagues that I talked about, whether it's the NBA, the Premier League, or even Formula One, all of those leagues have captured global fans. And maybe I'll get some pushback on the NBA, but if you go to China, people love the NBA. In Africa, they're building out a complete NBA business there. They're doing the exact same thing in India. The NBA is by far and away a more global game than the NFL. Same thing with the Premier League, of course, from the one and other sports leagues too. Football, the NFL specifically, is really still just an American sports league. Most of the money predominantly comes from the United States, all the attendance, all of that. That's all here in the United States. We're really the only big country that cares about it on a global scale. Now, this hasn't been for a lack of effort, of course. The NFL, for those of you that don't know, has been playing international exhibition games since 1926. Literally almost 100 years the NFL has been playing exhibition games internationally. 
From 1926 to 2005, the NFL held over 50 exhibition games at international locations across the world. We're talking about matchups in Japan, the United Kingdom, Germany, Spain, Mexico, Ireland, Australia, and Sweden. Literally all of those countries, the NFL held over 50 games over from 1926 to 2005. And furthermore, from 1991 to 2007, the NFL subsidized NFL Europe. Now, some of you probably remember NFL Europe. It was essentially a professional football league designed to grow the game by placing teams in European countries. There was teams in Barcelona and other places like that, but it didn't really work. And when Roger Goodell became commissioner in 2006, he decided to shake things up. He came in and he said, we need to change our international business completely. It's not working. We're losing a bunch of money. So the first thing that he did was Roger Goodell shut down NFL Europe. This league had been going on for 16 seasons and the NFL was subsidizing the league, but they were losing $30 million annually on the project. The NFL was losing $30 million annually. Now, granted, the NFL was probably doing, I don't know, maybe around like $10 billion of annual revenue at the time when this happened. But $30 million is still a lot of money. So he shut the thing down. He said, we're going to try something else. And what he did was he launched the International Series. And at the time, it didn't really seem like that big of a deal. It was like, you're going from having this whole other league over there where there's franchises in individual countries and, and members of the community can support them. And there's a schedule and there's all this stuff to essentially saying, we're going to play a couple of international games each year. But this worked and it worked really, really, really well. And I'll explain it. And I'll walk you through the results. The series, the international series, has played over 40 regular season games. So we're not talking about exhibitions. We're not talking about preseason. We're talking about regular season games that mean something. The international series has played 40 regular season games in countries like the United Kingdom, Mexico, and Germany since 2007. One of the craziest stats of this entire thing was Germany last year. There were 1.4 million people in the ticket queue online within two minutes to buy tickets for that game in Germany last year. Literally, they opened up the process online to go buy tickets. And within two minutes, there was 1.4 million people in there trying to buy tickets to the game. Now, to give you a little bit of context on just how ridiculous and crazy that is, Frankfurt's entire population is 750,000 people. So literally two times more people than the entire population of Frankfurt were in line to buy tickets to the game in Germany last year. And furthermore, it's gone so well in countries like Mexico and obviously in the UK, specifically London and Germany, that the NFL extended this international series last year. They made an announcement. And this announcement essentially said, in a lot more words than I'm going to explain it, but what it said is that they're going to guarantee at least four international series games each year. And what that means is that over the next eight years, it's a rotating cast where every single NFL franchise will host at least one international series game over the next eight years. So I don't care if you're a fan of the, the New York Giants, the San Francisco 49ers, the Houston Texans, the Chicago Bears, Jacksonville Jaguars. It don't matter to me. Your team is going to host an international series game over the next eight years. Now, that could be in London. It could be in Mexico City. It could be in Frankfurt. Who knows? Maybe they'll open up another market. But the way that it's going to work is that they're going to rotate through and every single team, one of the 32 teams, is going to host an international game over the next eight years. Now, perhaps the craziest part about all of this is that virtually all of these games, literally 40 plus of them, have sold out across Europe and Mexico. All of these games have been sold out and they've generated tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue for the NFL. We're not only talking about ticket revenue, right? We're talking about sponsorships. We're obviously talking about merchandise. I saw a picture this past weekend online. It was in London, and all the fans were walking to the game. 
And there was hundreds of people. And I'm not kidding. I'm literally not kidding. Almost all of them had NFL merchandise on. Now, some of them were wearing like Brian Dawkins jerseys, right? Like people that had retired or legends of the game. Some of them were more up to date, a Lomar Jackson jersey or whatever it was. But everyone was wearing merchandise. And the reason for this is simple. People want to go to the game. They want to wear the gear. They want to support. It's just like any other sports venue. It's just like when soccer teams come to America or other things like that. But more importantly, this international success has opened the door for a full-time team or teams in London. In fact, the NFL EVP slash chief strategy and growth officer, his name is Chris Halpin. He was uh, talking to Sports Illustrated, I believe, a couple weeks ago, and he specifically outlined five criteria that an international expansion franchise would need to be established abroad. He said that they need a fan base that will sustain the franchise and sell out games. So you got to have passionate fans. Number two, they need a stadium. You have to have a stadium to play in. Number three, you need local government support. They don't want to fight with the government. They want the government to support this and want the team there. Number four, you need working football logistics. And number five, you need an owner that would move their franchise to London or wherever else they would place this team. So realistically, there's two options. And I'm going to run you through both of them and then tell you exactly what I think is going to happen. The first option is that the NFL places one team in London. This could be a current team or it could be an expansion team. That's option number one. Option number two is they could create an entirely new division in London. So we'll call it a European division. Maybe there's most of the teams in London, maybe a couple are in Germany, maybe all four or five or six are in London. Who knows? But the two ideas are, number one, a team moves over there, whether a current team or an expansion team, or idea number two, which is you create a new division in London. But let's start with option number one. This option is pretty self-explanatory. The NFL would collect you know, probably like $2 billion or more by adding an expansion franchise in London. If you look at the average valuation of teams in the NFL today, I believe it's like a billion and a half, maybe closer to 2 billion. Let's just say that's the standard when they go to do this. And that's how much they could get for an expansion fee. No brainer. Obviously, that's good to add money. The other option is they could convince a current team to move there. One of the most prominent examples of this and the one that everyone thinks would do that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars have taken in and they've been the the guinea pig of sorts for London over the last 15 years. They have played more games in London than any other franchise over the last 15 years since the international series uh, started in 2007. The team's owner, Chad Khan, he already has ties to London. He's the EPL team owner of Fulham FC. So he owns a team in London, has ties to the area, and that's why he goes over there so much with the Jaguars. And more importantly, the Jacksonville Jaguars are currently in a fight with local government officials. They want a billion dollars in taxpayer money for a new stadium in Jacksonville. So this is important because now they're going to use, and they already are using, London as a negotiating point or a bargaining chip in their argument with local government officials for taxpayer money. There's a quote here that I have from Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. He says, there's been a, a sense in league circles for several years that if Jaguars owner Shad Khan ever did want to move his team to London, at least 23 other owners would allow it. Now, the 23 number is important because that's how many are needed to pass the vote. So what Mike Florio is essentially saying is that if the Jaguars wanted to do it, the other owners would allow it. They don't care as much about Jacksonville. They think the, the money and the business will be bigger for the NFL as a whole if they move to London. So that's the first option. The second option would be creating a European division. And I think this option is super interesting. This feels like a secondary option for sure. It's come up a little bit more over the last year as people have tried to work through some of the cons that we'll get to with option number one. But Goodell, Roger Goodell, has openly talked about this. He has literally mentioned before creating a European division 
which I thought was interesting because it's obviously something that the NFL has discussed or is discussing currently. But the idea would be simple. It's that it would make more sense logistically to reduce travel by creating an entirely new four-team division in London. Both of these options in my mind, option number one of you know moving a team over there or, or establishing a single team over there versus option number two of creating a division, are both pretty solid. On its face value, they make a lot of sense. And the reason why this is being talked about so much now is because the NFL is locked into its TV deals for the next 10 years, right? We know they just signed these $110 billion deals with Fox, with CBS, with ABC, ESPN, uh, with Amazon. They got all these networks. They got Peacock. They got everyone involved. But those deals are now in place for 10 years. So if you zoom out and you look, okay, over the next decade, if I'm Roger Goodell and if I'm NFL owner, how am I going to increase annual revenue meaningfully over the next decade? We're not talking about signing some more sports betting companies from a sponsorship perspective. We're not talking about increasing merchandise prices or ticket prices. We're talking about meaningful. How can we add a billion or $2 billion or $3 billion in annual revenue to this business? And in my mind, and I believe their mind too, international expansion is the single best way to do that for the NFL to add billions of dollars to its balance sheet over the next decade. It's the single biggest line item that they could do that could make a meaningful difference to the business. But still, each of these options, the two options that I mentioned, have some serious negatives. And me personally, I'm not nearly as bullish on this idea as other people might be. Let's start with option number one. Not only are the Jacksonville Jaguars most likely just using the threat of relocation to get a billion dollars in taxpayer money from the government, but having one team, just one team in London, would be completely unfair from a competitive standpoint. Just think about this. If you're an NFL player, why would a player want to uproot his family from the US, move them to Europe, and then have to travel around for several weeks at a time during in-season road trips especially, especially if the compensation is similar to what a team in the United States would offer? The answer is they wouldn't. If you think about the NFL today, it's a salary cap league. Every single team is working with the exact same budget. So sure, maybe you have to pay more money if you're a London team, but that puts you at a huge disadvantage to get players over there. If you're a a regular player, right, and you have two competing offers, which one are you going to choose? You're going to choose the one that's in the United States. Your family lives here. It's simpler from a tax perspective. It's simpler from a, a travel perspective, obviously, there's a bunch of regulatory stuff and government approvals that you have to go through to live and work in a different country. So that would be another thing. But then during the season, if there's just one team over there, sure, you may play three, four, five home games in a row, but then you're going to go on the road for three, four, five away games. And the way that the travel schedule works in the NFL today is that a team would leave. Say Chicago is going to New York. The Bears would board a plane on Saturday morning. They would fly out. They would get to New York on Saturday. They would then stay in the hotel, they would play the game on Sunday, and then they would leave Sunday night and go back to Chicago. That's literally less than 48 hours. They're there for a day and a half, basically. They're they're traveling. If you're on a London team, you could literally be traveling for four to five weeks at a time. You're going to be going, you may fly out to New York, then you might play in Carolina, then you might play in Chicago, then you might play in San Francisco, and then you might come home. You're living in hotels, you're away from your family, it's not convenient, it's not comfortable. A lot of players aren't going to want to do that. And not only are players not going to want to do that, but it hurts you from a competitive standpoint. It gives the other team an edge. For sure, absolutely. If you're on the road for four to five weeks at a time, 100%, that messes with you. You're sleeping in hotels, you're traveling, you're taking buses, you're taking planes, you're jet lagged, you're switching time zones. All of that is extremely difficult. So that's why I think number one is not going to work. I don't think any players are going to want to do that. I do not think the Jacksonville Jaguars are seriously, seriously considering it. Now they're saying they're considering it, but I obviously just think that it is a negotiating tactic and it's a bargaining chip for them to get more money from Jacksonville and the taxpayers of Jacksonville 
for this new stadium that they want. Now, that leads us to option number two. Option number two, again, is a new four-team division in Europe. This option definitely makes a lot of sense because the logistics are a little bit easier because division games would all be taking place most likely in the same place, right? If the four teams are in London, you're going to be playing games in London, all of your division games, which essentially means eight games, right? If you play the same division opponents twice. But the NFL is never going to be able to convince four teams to move to London, and adding four expansion teams is out of the question in my mind. Now, some of you say, why wouldn't the NFL add four expansion teams? They're going to be able to collect nearly $10 billion in expansion money. More teams means more revenue. All the other owners are going to be happy too. But if you remember, I did a podcast with Troy Aikman last year. And one of the things that Troy Aikman said to me that I thought was spot on and has stuck with me ever since is that he's not concerned about the game of football necessarily from a health perspective. Sure, there's some things in the numbers that are a little bit concerning, but he thinks that the flag football aspect and the NFL is taking care of some of these things as best as they can. The thing that is more concerning to him is the quality of the games. And one of the things that he said that stuck out to me was that NFL players, when they go to argue against NFL owners during the CBA process, if they can't get more money out of them, which in most cases the NFL owners aren't willing to give up, obviously they care about the money, what the players do is that they negotiate less practice time. They negotiate less padded practices. They negotiate less time at the facility. They negotiate less time at camp. They negotiate shorter training camps. They negotiate essentially less time on the football field. And the owners are willing to give that up in lieu of money, right? They'd rather keep the money than have the players at the facility for longer. But Troy Aikman's point with this was that it's hurting the, the competitiveness of the football games and the quality of the football games. And this was last year, but I think it certainly rings true this year is that we see a lot of bad football played, specifically early in the season, but certainly throughout the season too. I mean, how many bad football teams are there right now in the NFL? I'm a Giants fan. The Giants freaking stink. The Jets obviously had a situation with Aaron Rodgers, but they're not any good really. Uh, the Chicago Bears obviously stink. The Vikings stink. The Panthers stink. There's a lot of really bad teams in the NFL. Some of this has to do with quarterback play and other things like that. But my point still stands, right? If you're the NFL and you have to expand, you have to add four more teams, go from 32 to 36 teams. Those four teams are essentially going to be XFL or USFL quality talent. Sure, there's some people on practice squads that would get promoted or whatever it is, but you're essentially adding in 200 new players that are not in the NFL today. Now, some of those players are sitting on their couch or training or whatever it is, but some of them are playing the XFL, the USFL or whatever. And that's great for them, for them to have a job and get paid and do all that kind of stuff but I think it severely damages the quality of the product. And I don't think that's something that the NFL is willing to do right now because of the current state of the product. The product in the NFL is usually typically very good. I love the NFL. The NFL has done an amazing job. There's a reason why it's the world's most profitable sports league. It is covered like no other sports league. The way that they produce the games, the quality, the show, the entertainment, all of that is great. But the quality of the play on the field, in my mind, has not been great over the last couple of years. I think Troy Aikman is spot on with that, and it's something that I've noticed too. So if you're the NFL, I don't think that they're going to want to expand from 32 to 36 teams because of that. So what do you do? Neither of those options really make any sense, right? You're not going to add one team because it's a competitive disadvantage. You're not going to add four teams because you're not able to convince current owners in the U.S. to move their teams over there, and you're not able to add expansion teams because of the quality of the play. So what do you do? What do you do? My guess is that it's going to look a lot more like the European soccer model. So anyone that follows European soccer at the highest level knows how this works during the summer. Teams like Manchester United, Real Madrid, FC Barcelona, AC Milan. I went to an AC Milan and Real Madrid game at the Rose Bowl this past summer. 
It was awesome. It was electric. And they do this every single summer. For decades now, they've been doing this. These teams come over and they do friendlies during the summer. And it's a way for U.S. soccer fans, fans of these teams, whether they're people that moved over from Europe or other places like that, or just U.S. sports fans of these teams, they come over and they play friendlies here. It's a way for these teams to build their brands internationally, right? So they get global fans out of it, but also to get your fans to attend games in person. It's great. It works well. They make millions of dollars doing it, and they have tens of thousands of fans that attend all of these games. At the one I was talking about, AC Milan, Real Madrid last year or last summer at the Rose Bowl, there was like 90,000 fans there. It was huge. It was awesome. Same thing happened with MetLife. I think they had 65,000 for Manchester United and Arsenal. These games are awesome. They're fun. I watch them on TV. I go to the games. They're great. The NFL can do the exact same thing. That's essentially what they are doing, but they're doing it at a higher level because these are regular season games, right? The game I went to that I was just talking about, AC Milan and Real Madrid, half the starters weren't even playing for Real Madrid when I went. Some of them came on in the second half and stuff like that. But ultimately, these aren't regular season games. They don't matter. The players don't want to get hurt. They're traveling. They're not at their best. The NFL is the opposite. They're playing regular season games at these venues And it's typically pretty good football. I mean, sure, there's some travel related to it, and maybe the field quality isn't as good, but all that stuff will continue to improve over time. And the NFL can do the exact same thing. They're already doing this in London. We talked about it. They've had games at Tottenham Stadium, which is a billion-dollar stadium. They've had a bunch of games at Wembley, which is a huge stadium. They had a game in Mexico City, which was sold out and was freaking crazy. They've had games in Germany. They have two more games coming up there this year. Those tickets, like I said, millions of people want to attend. They're also, I guarantee you, I guarantee you over the next, what, I don't know, five, six years, they're going to do a game at Real Madrid's new stadium. 100%. I guarantee it. I have no inside knowledge of this. I haven't heard this from anyone in or around the NFL. I just know they're going to do it. The stadium is absolutely beautiful. It's a perfect venue. It's a way for them to expand it into another country that they're not currently in. And I think that Real Madrid would do it too because they'll have the ability to generate some revenue when the stadium's not being used. So 100%, I think they're going to go to Spain. I think they'll also probably go to Brazil. They'll go back to Mexico City. They'll go to some other places too. But this is the easiest way. The NFL has already stated that they want their international business to generate $1 billion in annual revenue within 10 years' time. So within 10 years, they want their international business, whether it's teams, whether it's a series, whatever it is, the international business of the NFL, they want it to generate $1 billion in annual revenue. And I think this is going to happen because you have to remember, it's not just ticket sales, right? With the international series today, it would be nearly impossible to get to a billion dollars in ticket sales alone based on four or five or six games internationally each year. Just can't happen. The math doesn't make sense. But it also includes merchandise, it includes sponsorships, it includes media rights, it includes a whole host of other things. And when you add all of that together, if you're playing meaningful football games all around the world, we're talking about London, we're talking about Spain, we're talking about Germany, we're talking about Mexico, we're talking about Brazil. If you get that number up to, I don't know, maybe six to 10 games a year during the regular season where the fans love it, there's a huge fan base in London, there's a huge fan base in Germany, you're going to be able to make a meaningful amount of money. And in 10 years time, a billion dollars really doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility. Now, there is one other thing that I think goes into this, which to be honest, sounds crazy to even talk about, but I do think that it is important and it's something that like I wouldn't completely count out. And what I'm talking about here is hypersonic air travel. Now, I said, don't laugh. I'm saying it sounds ridiculous. It sounds crazy, but I'm an optimist by nature. And this is something that has been talked about for several years now, which is the idea of essentially just extremely fast planes that are traveling at thousands of miles per hour. And what this would do is there's a company working on this currently called, I believe it's pronounced Hermaeus. And what they're doing is they're creating a hypersonic airplane that can travel at 3,800 miles per hour. 
And what that would mean is at that speed, you could travel from Chicago to London in an hour and a half. Now, that's obviously much quicker than it is today. But granted, this this aircraft can only hold 20 people. It's still not built. It's going to be really expensive. It's nowhere close to being complete. And this is not even a viable option at this point. But I wouldn't count it out in the future because if that does become a thing, if hypersonic travel does become a thing in the next decade, and you can get from the West Coast to London in a few hours, in three, four hours, which would essentially be shorter than the West Coast to New York today, then you could absolutely have a series or multiple teams in London, 100%. That's the real problem, right? It's the travel. Again, there's a few other things that go into it too with taxes and other things like that, but travel and logistics is the main problem today. This is a, a thing that can be solved with hypersonic travel, I do believe, but there's still a lot of things that work out. Like I said, this plane can only hold about 20 people and NFL teams, I've done stuff on the logistics before. Some of you probably remember these travel plans and these teams need large, large, large aircrafts. They need to be able to see 200 plus people. They need a bunch of cargo space for all their equipment and everything else. So this is still a long way from happening. What I believe personally is going to happen over the next decade is that the NFL is just going to continue to expand the international series. No permanent teams are going to be placed in London. I think logistically, there's too many challenges. I think there's other challenges too, but it's too difficult. They're not going to place a team permanently in London or anywhere else. They're just going to continue to spread and expand on the international series today, play more games, make them more meaningful, get better teams over there, rotate the schedule like they're said and signed an agreement to do. But ultimately, if the technology continues to advance and hypersonic travel or other things like that become a real possibility, I do think that the NFL will look to establish some permanent teams over there. The business case for this from a pure profit perspective is just too great to ignore. If you can get past the logistics, I think it becomes a viable option and something that the NFL, whether Roger Goodell is still at the helm or not, would certainly consider. That's it for today, though, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you learned something and I hope you enjoyed it. If you have some comments or questions or feedback or perspective on this episode, shoot me a DM on Twitter. I'm happy to talk about this stuff. I love the business and money behind sports and I enjoy having conversations with all of you each and every day. Thank you so much. Please leave a five-star review on your way out. Have a great day and we'll talk on Wednesday.